The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. We got some exciting, maybe a bit confusing movies, but we got some, we got exciting episode nonetheless today. But before I actually ask you how you're doing, I do want to give a shout out to friend of the show, good friend of mine, and Joey's, our friend Alex Ford. He just got married. Yay! So that's really cool. Like, um, He was in our Great Mouse Detective Atlantis episode. You should go check that out. And uh, he got married. He was in Orlando. He went to Disney World. I loved all the pictures. Um, he went to Universal, and he's a big Jurassic Park fan, so it was cool to see like him in front of like the big old archway. So congratulations, Ford. Uh, that's awesome. Happy for you. Happy for her. Yes, for sure. Um, other than that, uh, how are you? Well, I can't really compare to that. How was that transition? <laughs> I, I mean, you it, it, might, it, it feels like the pacing of one of our movies we're talking about. <laughs> That's besides the point. I can understand um, that. No, I'm doing, I'm doing actually pretty okay. Uh, work is just a lot going on at work right now, but get through it mm-hmm. I, I feel like i always say that at like last couple weeks Same. i've been saying <laughs> it's just it's just a lot you know yeah and it's tuesday but, and we talked about tuesdays being like like the difficult days though i have to say this was a better tuesday than i normally experience same i was off today so part, i get to record today so it's pretty good yeah. pretty good um no but actually as far as I haven't watched too many movie things lately, I've been watching Amadeus, mm-hmm. um, the you know the really just amazing amazing movie from the eighties um, with F. Murray Abraham, just incredible movie. Um, and I've been hearing a rumor that's going to get a get it's going to get a, some type of four K release at some point. I hope that's the case because um, I've had the same. I mean, I love the Blu Ray that I have, but it'd be nice to see that one get spruced up a bit and mm-hmm. shown some love. But uh, as far as big, big things that happen to me, well, uh, I got to see <laughs> Hamilton live. You, you said big things. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's, big thi- it's a big thing. I guess my sarcasm wasn't as thick as it should have been. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's just dumb. <laughs> I'll try it again. Hold on. Let me backtrack. Big? Really? Hamilton? You could have done bigger. <laughs> Is that better for you? Does that meet your standards? You wackadoo? <laughs> I, 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 you know, Richard, you know, it's a wonder I get on this program <laughs> And and subject myself <laughs> to this. Yes, 
This is my revenge for the the CPAP story not getting any reaction last week. (laughs) I was letting you tell the story! (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I'm just kidding. I am am excited for you because you've been excited to see this show. Does that make you feel better? Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, but I got I got to see it live because basically what happened was my mom and a friend of hers. Well, actually, my mom had these tickets for uh, for the show uh, Plaza Suite with Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, and she's been wanting to see this for a while. And I feel like she's had these tickets since before the pandemic, since before the pandemic started. Just been sitting on them, sitting on them, you know. And she finally got to see it, I and mean, she she enjoyed it, but you know. I hadn't. I had been to the city for the Vincent Van Gogh exhibit that they have. They had going on there, um, the really cool showcase that I think is has it's been played in a couple areas. But um, I hadn't seen a show since 2019. I hadn't seen a show, and I love going to Broadway. I love seeing shows. So you know, and this is the fact. I'm also going to Disney next month. So was this the smartest economic <laughs> choice? No, no. But I really don't care because. I went to went to see Hamilton in or, in an orchestra seat, and it was incredible, <laughs> incredible experience at the Richard Rogers Theater. Um, ev- the cast was was superb, you know. And what's great about live theater is it's it's not the same every time, you know, because obviously we're all used to watching the Disney Plus version mm. of Hamilton at this point. But I think people because a lot because theater's expensive, so I don't blame people for not going. But like, it's cool going to see a live production of something. That's familiar to you, but then there's like some change. Like people, act, give actors give their own flourishes, their own takes, and their performances. I actually had an understudy play Hamilton at my uh, my performance, um, or he he had to take over for the role, um, or whatever. But he was incredible. I thought uh, the cast overall. I guess I, ca- I keep saying the cast was great, but seeing it live, I was really able to appreciate the direction, like the, the lighting design. And the choreography much more than I was on Disney Plus, which it looked cool, but it's like when you have it like all right there, and your 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 eye is able to wander around the stage and whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's an incredible experience. Um, but it was also crazy too because I was on a train. Okay, I went on a train to I, as I usually do to go to New York City, but the train before us like completely malfunctioned and had to stop. So, um, we had to pick up that train basically mm-hmm. and have all the people on our train. And then later on, they had to straight up cancel a train, another train. So New Jersey transit area of Penn station was packed, uh, on Saturday. There was a lot going on, but overall, seeing the show was great. And I got, obviously got a lot of souvenirs. Um, was it a hoodie, a magnet? Hoodie. You got well, to get, get a magnet. I, I, I got a t-shirt and I got a, I got a hoodie. Um, I decided, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get some stuff, but my big thing is magnets. Cause I, I have a mini fridge in the man cave and I lo- I've always loved magnets and I try to get magnets for different places that I go to. So, mm. uh, for ex- like one of my favorite things that I have on my fridge, uh, there's, I think I've talked about this place before is Evangeline's, uh, costume mansion. And I, I think I got it as like a free magnet. That's cool. Uh, and I, and I have it up there because it's like a unique location kind of thing. And I got a couple like Broadway 
you know, I got, I got a couple phantom magnets up there, um, Disney parks, magnets, all that stuff. But are you losing room? Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's starting to be, you know, but I, I'll, I'll make it work. You need a second um, mini fridge. <laughs> I need another. Actually, I, I could use a, a new mini fridge because a good friend of mine gave this to me for free, which was awesome. But, you know, it's, it is up there in age, um, you know, but that said, I had a great time at Hamilton. Um, so I can't really, I, I, nothing else. Oh, but I am going to see the music man in July. So I'm going back to more shows. Checking out more of that Broadway magic. Now, this is a message to Hugh Jackman. If you're not there, I swear. <laughs> well, let's not. Listen. <laughs> let's not get. Listen, <laughs> Mr. Jackman, we love you. We've talked about how much we love you on this show, but you better be there. So take care well, of yourself. I'm going <laughs> to see it with uh, my mom, my grandmother, and my cousin. Um, you know, so I was there for the planning good, of that. You you were there for the planning, so you mm. you know this already. But anyway, how have you been? Well, nowhere near as as massive as as that. <laughs> How's that last one? Small things. Last one. Small things, I guess. Just little things. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. um, I've been alright, I guess. Um, Mm. I should should mention this. My sister's birthday is tomorrow. Yay! So, happy birthday to my sister. And my friend Skylar at work, her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Jelly and Skylar. So happy birthday. I don't I know my sister listens. I don't think Skylar even has listened to an episode. Or at least she hasn't said anything to me, but I'll also be like, I shouted you out. Maybe you'll listen. See what you think. <laughs> That's my ploy to get people <laughs> to listen to the show. Just I, I said your name. You just gotta remember <laughs> birthdays. That's all. That's it. Um but so sh- happy birthday to both of them. Um other than that, I don't know, I've just I've just been kind of chilling, just I've seen a few movies here. I watch. We uh, we talked about. We uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it sooner. But we we did watch uh, not together, but individually. We watched that Chippendales movie. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of tweets saying the same thing. But like, if you liked it, that's cool. And I say that like that's any movie though. If you liked if any movie, if you like it, I'm happy for you. You know, good for you. You liked something. Um, I'm not one of those people, and I don't think Joe is one of those people either. <laughs> In regards to Chippendale, yeah, no, I don't want to interrupt you, but no, no, it's it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, I, and there was a whole thing with the villain that I didn't even think of, but you brought it up. That was kind of like when you brought it, up, I was like, yeah, that's that's messed up. Yeah, and I look, it's. And I get people wanting to like 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 this movie because it's like, hey, it's something. It's some at least some of the premise, if not like the execution of it, some of the premise seems a little unique. Yeah, at least for for a Disney movie. But I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that this movie feels like everything wrong with the Walt Disney Company today. Yeah, and I'm somebody who generally likes the MCU. I love i love i'm a star wars guy the last jedi is great um i enjoy a lot of disney i go to i'm going to disney world next month yeah all right yeah um you know so i don't i don't say this as somebody who just loves to bash on the walt disney corporation even though listen it's okay to bash on like corporations. <laughs> yeah oh it's right? yeah yeah you know but it, it just felt 
I didn't feel that there was much of a soul to it. It felt like a mandate, and they were like, okay, who do we have lead this movie? Oh, Chippendale. Maybe people will remember that, which, side note, Rescue Rangers. A show that I've never religiously watched. I don't even think I've ever watched an episode of it. Me neither. Is it even a real show? Like, I feel like it's just like, like I know it is because it's on Disney Plus, but I have to, I had to, I have to wonder sometimes. It's one of those things where it's such a weird thing to exist yeah. in the first place. And that's not me saying Rescue Rangers, the original series is bad or anything like that. No. It's just like, it's just wild that there, there is the nostalgia for it. it like, I've never watched it, so I can't, you know, yeah. it's just a weird thing to me, I guess. It's just, um, it just seems like. The, the thing that annoys me is that they're going to use Roger Ra- Roger Rabbit as an excuse for why the movie's good in their eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, these days we have so many movies that rely so much on nostalgia. Like, it's almost like its own subgenre. You got this. Uh, you got Red Player One. You've got Space Jam, especially the sequel. Oh, God. Um, and so many movies are, you know, obviously bringing back... You know, like even No Way Home is kind of in that ballpark with bringing back all the previous franchise Spider-Man actors. And, you know, I'm not saying those mo- all those movies are outright terrible. A lot of those movies have done some good things. But, you know, the thing that made Roger Rabbit work as well as it did is that it didn't rely, A, on the nostalgia. B, it was something that was unique and still kind of is like you know the fact that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse shared a scene together I think is kind of nutty but that's not even like but even the thing that yeah. it's not even the thing that matters about the movie cuz like it's a good detective story you got yeah. good characters Eddie Valiant you got Jessica Rabbit you got Roger Rabbit you got a whole like cool story and then like everything else is just a backdrop and I also want to say this too I watched it with uh, Allison and her brother Dom but shout out to Dom he's a cool dude and I, I had them. a good time watching it with them as, like, an experience wa- watching a movie with them. Yeah. You know? And we had fun. There was some, some fun, like, pointing out, like, oh, look at that Easter egg. Look at that on the star in the Walk of Fame. But listen, they played Tenacious D. They, like, like there's a Tenacious D song edited, obviously, but there's a Tenacious D song in, in a Disney movie. And I like right, The Lonely Island, who made the movie. Right. I mean, I like, I like Hot Rod, and I like um, Never Stop, Never Stopping, and... So I, I like the movies that, that the Lonely Island have done. It's just this one was not near what I liked. No, it's it, it's certainly a very strange movie um, that, again, we're just on one side of where we're like, we look at this and we go, nah. this is everything that people complain about with these, <laughs> with these things. It's right there. <laughs> like, I... I I don't know. Anyway, but, but anything else? Getting, um, getting beyond Chippendale. <laughs> getting beyond Chippendale. Well, that was just a big one. Um, I, I've. It's on the level of Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I would argue that Hamilton is bigger. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. I guess. <laughs> it's a struggle, but I did it. Um, I Speaking of new movies, though, I did watch Sonic 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes. finally that was a lot of fun actually right like again you know i'm kind of annoyed by like the, the pop culture reference jokes but i didn't really care at the end because like it's just fun i loved idris elba's whole like drax the destroyer approach to playing knuckles is yes. great um obviously tales with the original voice actor um colleen o'shaughnessy fantastic 
Um, I like that Sonic was portrayed more like like he has responsibility now. So I like the kind of more like he's still Sonic, but he's a little bit more grown up now, which is cool. Jim Carrey, man, like again, and I I said this in my letterbox review. Like, if there's one thing you can learn about the history of Jim Carrey, is that the best Jim Carrey movies are when he's green. And this movie understood that for a short period of time, and I appreciated it. Yes. Yeah. But um. But no, it was a lot of fun, and it's just it's one of the few like 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 live action human with like pop culture animal movies that I'm totally like into. Because like it's it's like a weird genre of movie, but I I was really into that one. Um. So that's on what Paramount Plus now. So if you wanted to watch mm-hmm. that, not that it's sponsored, but you know, it could be, Hey, uh, right. <laughs> um, other than that, I've been going like normal. I've, I've been going 4k crazy. I, I, yes. I literally bought within like the past two weeks. Uh, I, like I have them next to me. It's a whole stack. Like I got all five of the individual release of Jurassic park movies, which I didn't think I was going to do, but I did. Um, and especially the way it happened was just sort of odd because it's like, I had to order three of them, but then I could buy two of them in store. Um, uh, I got um, two sort of random ones. I got were Speed and Top Gun because I've, I've always because like Speed was one of those movies that we had on VHS in my house, and uh, I'd never watched it. But I like Keanu and I like Sandra Bullock, and uh, it was it's such a fun like ridiculous movie, like, and it's it's kind of like it it just it just constantly on if that makes sense mm-hmm. right um and i watched the original top gun again because i've only seen it twice now but i liked it a lot more the second time and everybody's so sweaty mm-hmm. like you'll watch it and be like everyone's just really sweaty you might think it's because the climate i'm thinking it's because they're just really horny for <laughs> right like you see that volleyball sure. scene and you're like <sighs> <laughs> man um i also got the new shout uh, escape from New York, which I, which you know is obvious need. You got to get that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one today actually is a big release day because today I got three four K. Well, I got I got them on Saturday, but today was the official release day. I got um, Candyman, which is also from Shout Factory, um, and I also got the Batman on four K. Which that's a big one, a huge one, I'm, and uh, it looks and sounds incredible in 4K. And I'm still watching all the special features, which is not something I've I've said ever about a modern release. I feel like. <laughs> um, and then the big one, more personal big one, is Malignant uh, from 2021. Uh, it didn't initially get a 4K release, and then after people like me constantly were tweeting like, "Hey, WB." What the hell? Where's where's this malignant 4K? They finally said, all right. And so they released it. My only complaint, and yes, sadly, I have a complaint. The only complaint I have is that the audio is very weak. Mm. But other than that, picture quality is very good. Um, it's not like it could it, it, it could just be because it's not Dolby Atmos. It's just Dolby Audio. Oh, okay. Um, but. I just turn up my TV and I just, I got to live with it, I guess, especially cause it, this wasn't even supposed to exist to begin with. Right. And it's sold out already. Like I went on Best Buy and it's already gone. So, wow. so, you know, people wanted it. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, but 
I want to get into this episode because this is this was a what wow <laughs> this whole episode is such a is such a treat in so many ways. You know what's also funny too is I feel like this is an ep- an episode we planned for a very long time. Another one, but but it's one of the ones I don't think has ever been delayed. I don't, I think well because we talked about it. If you go back, speaking of Ford, if you go back to the Ford episode where we talked about um those two Disney movies, we I think we mentioned Don Bluth and we mentioned at least our second movie, Rocket Doodle. And uh, that's where it kind of was the inception of it. And then I think Ford was actually, we wanted him to be in this episode, but because of the rocket doodle thing, but obviously he's just, you know, he's busy. But um, again, he's here in spirit, which is nice. Needless to say, needless to say, this whole episode's dedicated to Ford. Yes. As, as, as is most episodes in my brain, I feel like half the time, because he helped launch the show. Yeah. uh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, but the theme, the theme of today. It, do we already say the theme of today? Well, it's 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 Don Bluth, just to specify. It's Don Bluth. Yeah, it's Don Bluth. Um, for for people from younger generations, might they might go who? <laughs> They'll be like, is that the guy from Arrested Development? <laughs> is that Jason Bateman's character? Uh, no. There's there's your reference no. joke for the day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're about to get just as bad as uh, Rescue Rangers. <laughs> no! I take it back. We'll edit that out. No! <laughs> I haven't even watched Rescue Development. I just know! <laughs> you fake fan. Yes! <laughs> Facts! <laughs> um, so, Don Bluth. Um, for, I mean, I think about the... Again, like most things, Disney, okay? Disney has had several competitors over its almost 100 years of existence. A lot of them came from Disney directly. Some of them came from Disney directly. But I think about things like like the Fleischer Studios in like the 30s. um, And I think about, of course, Warner Brothers Animation. um, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Katzenberg. But one of the big ones um, that I feel like I know... It holds a special place in our in our generation's hearts, but might not get talked about as much. Mm-hmm. Is, are, are the works of Don Bluth? So we've talked about Don Bluth on this show before. Um, the Land Before Time we've talked about. We're both we're both a fan of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, good movie. Um, All dogs go to heaven. Um, I'm sure a number of people have heard of and maybe been traumatized by. You know, <laughs> it's talked about big lip big lip alligators. Uh, you know, it's just. Um, it- I imagine it's one because I've never actually watched. This was your to your surprise when I said this, but I've never seen All Dogs Go to Heaven. But I know the I know the title, and the title itself is like entered into the, like the the convert like the like just it's a saying, you know, like it's a common vernacular. Yeah, like everyone's like it, when dogs die, it's like well, all dogs go to heaven, you know. It's like sure, <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. why not? Um, also, of course, was notable for a bunch of people, Anastasia. Which was a pretty decent hit for its time, and people still make memes about it. Say it's like, "Hey, it's it's the best not Disney princess movie that wasn't a Disney movie." And I think about my good friend Anthony Papetti's review of it, where it's just like, "My favorite thing about this movie is that uh, Disney didn't own this, and everybody everybody thought it was a Disney movie, but now Disney fucking owns it." <laughs> um. You know, there's that, but 
I want to talk about, for this first feature, this is a movie I've wanted to talk about on this show for a very long time, um, and it's a personal favorite of mine. And this is, I believe, if I am not mistaken, this is Don Bluth's, um, as a director, because he worked he worked in animation uh, before this, mm-hmm. of course, but this is the first effort as a director, his directorial uh, debut. What about The Rescuers? Okay. Did he direct that one? Um, I, I, maybe as like a this because this one's a solo project. Let me double check. So maybe the That's first time point. he did something on his own, or probably. Let me just look at that. That's a good. Um, okay, he was promoted to uh, directing animator, which okay animation animation has weird terms, and sometimes they have like a some some movies like because it's like a, a it's lot of usually anime, like a team. It's usually a team. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, Beauty and the Beast has two directors. You know, Moana, Aladdin, you know, two directors, you know, um, it's not, it's not often not, you don't always have like a single director and Don Bluth is one of those guys, um, mm. who there's a number of his projects where he's, the, I think there are some times where he has another person, but I think a lot of times he's just himself, but his directorial debut, um, this came out in 1982. It is the, um, uh, science fiction fantasy um rural <laughs> film the secret of nim this 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 has so many categories attached to it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little bit of everything you know it's like you know it's it's like the the ambrosia salad <laughs> of of movies <laughs> uh but yeah i i've actually this is one i'd never seen and and joey is another one of those instances where joey was excited to show me something and the whole time I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you wait? Hold on, because <laughs> like it starts off a certain way, and you're like, okay, you know, it's got very heavy like fantasy. Like there's a book, and it's got like being written in light, basically. So like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then you got uh, Mrs. Brisby and her family, and she's wearing like a cape, and you know, like all the animals look like fantasy characters, and then like they zoom out at one point and they're just on like a random farm, like a normal, mm-hmm. like normal ass, like human random farm. And you're like, what? <laughs> 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 what's happening? <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Admittedly. It's a lot to take in on the first viewing. Um, I definitely think you should see it again at some point. Just I was like, I was okay. gonna try to do that before this, but I, I, I was busy watching other things. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But basically, like, yeah, it starts off seeming like just a regular, like, like fan eighties fantasy movie, right? And there was keep in mind this is nineteen eighty two. We also got the Dark Crystal this year, and among other things, because I mean, we got E. T. Blade Runner, the Thing. Mm. Um, so many movies came out in 1982, but this movie, um, this movie starts off like with a fantasy thing, but then it looks like it's going to be like a typical, like an anthropomorphic, like what you think of as like a Disney thing, because you have Mrs. Brisby, um, and her, and her family, you know, her son, her one sick son, Timmy is sick and you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't seem like it's like all that like weird. At first, it just seems like okay. It's like like a forest, you know, some fantasy elements, blah blah blah. Right. These animal, these mice can talk. I, I think I think that's one of the things about this movie is just the scale, the way the way it plays with with scale. So, you know, this takes place on a farm, as you noted. Yes. Right. The movie is titled "The Secret of Nim," and you go, 
what is Nim? Like, it's, it, I thought it was a person, or I thought it was, like, a place. Like, I thought it was an, it was an, and it is, it's a place, but it's, it's, it's not, like, it's not like Middle Earth. Is what, no, what it's I, not like Oz. No. It's not like Oz. Um, it is the, the National Inst- Institute uh, for Mental Health. <laughs> Sorry, I found a spider and I'm trying to find it. <laughs> if you're wondering oh why, I'm not, why I'm not here. <laughs> oh, it was sitting on... Okay. Just an update. I, I have no idea where it is. And it's a black spider. So... Oh. Yeah. It's hard to find. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's the National uh, Institute for Mental Health. Where they experiment on rodents and, and other animals, it seems like, because they have other animals yeah. at that facility, and they become sentient. Basically, like ex- explain. Okay, explain that a little bit. I'm gonna see if I can find the spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know the these mice, they're not just like I. I you were kind of saying this. Like, there's a reason. There's a slight reason for the anthropomorphic elements for some of these guys the other ones is just they're mice but not as smart as the nim you know the the rats at nim no and there are a lot of there are a lot of rats at nim that were injected and they became smart it's like it's basically like rise the planet of the apes but with fantasy elements yeah and they get magic powers or maybe the magic was already i don't know <laughs> it's it's weird. It, it's definitely very strange. I can't even explain it fully. But what I like about it though is like there is this grand fantasy thing that this adventure Mrs. Brisby has to go on. But for the farm, like for the farm, it's just another like it's just the rats and the mice are just a nuisance, right? Yeah. Like it's like oh I gotta call the the, the I gotta call Nim and have them you know remove that bush or or plow them away like. For for some for the farmers, it's just another it's just another day, right? But I, I think about the scene where like the the I think that the tractor, like the the big thing like farm vehicle like goes across um the field, and it's such a in, it's such a tense scene because it looks like it's like a Xeroxed or like rotoscoped um tractor. Yeah, and it looks hyper hyper realistic. That that you know? that was wild to see that when it came in, and it looked like it was just like. A, like a, a sketchy drawing of a guy on a tractor on like a John Deere tractor <laughs> about to run over yep. Mrs. Brisby's house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just <sighs> the whole like the whole time just watching the movie. I'm like, okay, there's there's the there's the National Institute for Mental Health. They're experimenting on these animals. There's <laughs> there's uh there's there's magic. Um, there's, um, what's, what's the one rat's name? Like the, the magic one? Uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Like he, like you got this wizard in the rats world or whatever. Like the rats and the mice are separated. Mm. And like, it's a whole, like, it really is like a, a whole sort of realized existence that these characters live in. And like, it, it definitely falls in the same kind of ballpark as a lot of like fantasy movies where it's like. The, the more fantastical things happen in, for, like, the, the smaller creatures. You know, there's there's been a lot of movies of its ilk where, like, you know, our world is just normal and, you know, but then to, to, the, to the animals, it's so much more, like, majestic. 
it makes me think of Star Wars in a lot of respects, the original film. Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, try to think, try to separate Star Wars from the rest of like the larger universe, and you know, because for us, Star Wars, we we know all the pieces to it. But people wa- first watching that movie in '77, they're also being taken along on this crazy adventure. They're not 100 percent sure of everything that's going on, um, and you know, they're like you find like your main hero has has a familial connection to a character from the past. So in this instance, Mrs. Brisby's husband. Jonathan Brisby was a great hero for the Rats of Nim. Yeah, uh, he risked his he risked his life to face. Here's another fantasy element: the cat is named Dragon. The cat is, is named Dragon, and it's it's got which I, two separate color. Well, one's like a glass eye, I think, almost something. Yeah, like it, yeah, I wasn't quite sure about that, but like it, I, I I like that even like the fantasy stuff goes in as much as the cat is a dragon, and for. It's like, like slaying the dragon or defeating the dragon, like defeating the cat. It's it, it's a nice, uh, you know, nice little metaphorical. No, oh, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. I just I like when uh, what's what uh, uh Jeremy, <laughs> this talking crow voiced by Dom DeLuise named Jeremy. <laughs> when he first mentions uh. Dragon, I literally thought because, like, again, this was early on in the movie, so I still have no context for, you know, like, because I'm still thinking we're in a fantasy movie. And he mentions, you know, there's a dragon, and then little do I know, the dragon is actually uh, <laughs> just just this really fat cat. Yeah, it's just a cat. <laughs> just a cat. And and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then the more it builds, and and it's there's a logic to a lot of it too. I should say that. Yes. So it's not like it's just mm-hmm. like shit thrown at the wall just to see if it if it'll stay there. It's literally no, no. just like okay, you know, the world is the fantasy's here, the real world's here. Um go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked that and I liked um what's the 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 owl's name? Is it just the great yeah, owl? I think, I think the great owl voiced by the the great Great character actor, uh, John Carradine. Which I got I got a nice uh, a brief synopsis of his filmography the other day, which was nice. Like, he has, I mean, because, uh, what was it, David, like, like you have David Carradine, mm-hmm. right? And, like, the that whole family, you know, because he, he's sort of like the patriarch of that. But he, he's also appeared on The Invisible Man and Bride of Frankenstein. So he's appeared on a couple of two dudes uh, films. So welcome back. Is what we're saying. Welcome. And what a character, honestly. And he only—he's only in the movie for like, for at the very least a minute because uh, his introduction is he kills a spider. Where are you at? This is so funny. <laughs> Listen, it's—it's it's like this big. It's all oh. black and it's—it's got—it didn't have any red on it, thankfully. And I've yeah, that's good because that—that would have freaked me out. But I just don't. Sorry, Allison. If you don't, I don't think you want to hear about this. <laughs> My hunt for the spider, because it was right here. It was right over here. Um, but anyway, yeah, 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 like they he kills t- a spider. Like, like Miss, he kills a spider because Mrs. Brisby's looking for advice from the great owl, and um, it's just his presence. Yes. and like like he looks he looks menacing, but he's not. He's got this big bushy eyebrows, and. He's got like a spider web cape, and he just flies yeah. off into the night, and it's like, damn. Like if there's like if in the history of like 
memorable characters that were only on screen for like two seconds, he's in like the top ten. He has to be. He's definitely he makes it into the two dudes Hall of Fame easily. Yeah, yeah, without a this doubt. Is a character. Um, um, yeah, I I really like the char- like the character design in this movie like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's um it's very very distinct. You look at Mrs. Brisby and you're like this this sweet cinnamon roll must be protected <laughs> at all costs. Listen. If there's an, if there's a, if there's another like two dudes Hall of Fame for like mom characters, Mrs. Brisby's in there. Absolutely, she's earned that Absolutely. title. Like, like Mrs. Brisby, Brisby is a single mom. Her kid's sick. <laughs> she's single mom. She's it, got how many kids? She's got four kids, and one of them sick. Yeah, like a bunch of kids. One of them sick, and like she has to do a lot of stuff. And there's like Auntie Shrew is always yelling at her. <sighs> I hated Auntie Shrew. <laughs> she's so <laughs> she's so mean. She's so uptight, entitled. Yes, but I I love characters like like uh, Mrs. Brisby because they're not like <clears throat> characters that you would expect would be equipped to deal with all the stuff that happens. No, no. In most cases, Mrs. Brisby would need someone to help her. Yeah, and like yeah, there's Justin, but like Justin doesn't even show up till what like the last ten minutes. He's like late, much later on. Um, in the movie yeah but even then like she still handles the majority of everything by herself and with uh with uh jeremy the talking crow (laughs) it's just it's just funny to me that like everyone's got these cool names like mrs brisby and um the great owl and nicodemus then you have this talking crow just named jeremy (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and you know, you know, Justin. Yeah, is like it's also nor- pretty normie name. It's also just funny, like Justin. Um, which is which is funny because the villain, um, the villain in this movie, another Jenner, <laughs> and of course, if you have lived in the world at all, I imagine the first, like, at least the first thing I thought of was the the Kardashian family. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, um, Jenner. I, I thought J- Jenner didn't appear a lot, but I thought the 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 col- I, I thought about the coloring of his costume and like his character design a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we we yeah, were mentioning so. that um, different people could play a good uh, Jenner, and like I brought up Timothy Dalton could play a good Jenner yes. if they if yes. they ever just put up just put mouse ears on him and like a snout and it's perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like don't do anything else, just that. That's it. That's it. Don't um, don't need to catsify him. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. No, 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 no. Um I really just again, I, I it makes me think of that like that Dom Bluth. It I feel I feel like it is just the Dom Bluth formula, which is like an animated movie kind of formula where it's like you know, kids can handle anything as long as you give them a, like a, a somewhat happy ending. Yeah. Like there's a lot that happens it's <laughs> over a, the course. It's a bloody movie. Story. It is. I think about uh, Jenner's like accomplice who dies, but then redeems himself. Yeah, or like, like he gets it bad. Just, just the amount, like the amount of blood in this movie. Like, there's so many times we're watching this. Like Disney wouldn't do this. Disney, no, Disney would not make this movie. No, um, it would probably they would have to make it around this time period, but they would not make that movie. Um, like I think about when that when the great owl smushes the spider. That's a pretty grisly um, image. I wish he was here now. I know you need a gr- you need a John Carradine voiced owl right now. Where the hell did this thing go? Um, 
just like you know no you're good i'm just thinking about off the top of my head just different things with this movie um it is based on a book actually which is kind of wild um called mrs frisbee and the rats of nim i saw that and that threw me off a little bit and it makes sense why they would change the name because of the um of, of frisbees yeah yeah you, know, you don't want to get that uh, confused no, um, no, you don't. And there's not but even a frisbee think... in the movie. No, there isn't. No, uh, no product, no product placement <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh man, um, it it's a. It, I think it, it's a beautiful looking movie. I wish this had a better like Blu-ray though. I wish somebody would look at this and like clean it Listen, up. One thing I think we both learned, and as I think I especially think this after watching Lab Before Time as well when we did that. It's just that. Someone needs to to work with Don Bluth or acquire the catalog of his older movies and take care of them. Yes. Because, and it's not to say that, like, the graininess or, like, anything, it's not to say, like, we're not appreciative It's that it, that it still exists or anything. It's just, it would be nice if this had more of a, a just a better upkeep. Like, e- like uh, even if it wasn't, like, released on, like, the highest quality format. You know, as long as it got, like, some sort of proper restoration and someone was taking care of it. Like, we were talking about Shout Factory or any of those, like, boutique Mm -hmm. labels. Like, thinking about how Leica now works directly with Shout Factory, I think, um, Mm -hmm. to to release some of their movies. Because they just put a bunch of the, the, all the, all, besides one, all the Leica movies on Blu-ray through Shout Factory. And they look a lot better. So... I'm just saying, like, any of those boutique labels could get a handle on Don Bluth and we could properly, like, put these things out there, which would be nice. Yeah, because watching this, and especially Land Before Time, it felt like an HD transfer of a DVD version of something. Like, we would probably be more impressed if if we we were watching this, say, in, like, the early days of the Blu-ray era, but... Now it's like looking at. I'm like, yeah, they could clean. They could stand to clean this up a little bit. And I think it's one of those. It's one of those like because like, animation. It's so hard because a lot of animation is owned by Disney, mm-hmm. and like you know, there's only a handful of other major ones out there. And it'd be really cool to see like like you said, like a boutique label get their hands on something like this. Um, I just I really think it's just a unique, a really unique movie. Like uh, it, it mashes so many like weird genres together. Um, to create this, <laughs> what this this thing of a movie, but I did have a good like again. I I come off like very confused, but I did have a good time with it, and I could definitely see, um, the quality. You know what I mean? Like I could see, I could yep. see that it, there was definitely something worthwhile with this one. So I do want to watch it again, but it was really, it really is just like what, <laughs> like it's just yes. so much, and so. At some point, I do want to watch it again. Um, but I, I'm glad that I watched it. It was a good time. In any case, we're going to take a quick quick uh, intermission. And uh, we're going to get out of the field. And um, we're going to go into the city. And hopefully, uh, the spider will be dead. <laughs> hopefully, the, the, hopefully, the spider will be dead. Um Hopefully, we get a John Carradine owl uh, to get rid of it instead of a Christopher Plummer-voiced owl. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about the secret of Nim. Uh, and I also failed to kill a spider, and update on that, the spider is still alive. I don't know where he is. Anyway. <laughs> I, ho- I, 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 I wish you much success in your venture. In my in my hunt. Mm-hmm. To, any, to any spider enthusiasts, I'm sorry. I just, it's got to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our second feature. Now, this one has a little bit more nostalgic significance for me as far as his Don Bluth's catalog of films, but this was your first time watching it, and wow, what an experience <laughs> to watch this with you. But, um, Joey, uh, can you can you let the, the vast, large audience that clearly listens to our show, let, let them know what we're talking about right now? Rock-a-doodle! <laughs> <laughs> This is a great shot to Claire. <laughs> Glenn Cam- I'm not I know Glenn Campbell, but boy. Listen, listen. Glenn Campbell would be proud. <laughs> yes, we were talking about Rockadoodle. Wow. <laughs> We've been waiting to talk about this one, or at least I have. <laughs> I've been I've been very curious to see this um film. <laughs> um see, I'm honestly significantly more interested in, in your whole like thought process on this so i'm gonna have you start all right all right i understand that you had some confusion with nim i have to yes i, I think my confusion <laughs> is multiplied by 10 because <laughs> what even is this movie <laughs> um i like to think of it as uh the original elvis biopic yeah, no, no, uh, no. Tom Hanks as some uh, weirdly voiced character. They would have me the villain in this here story of Rockadoodle and Chanticleer, the Little greatest Edmund. show on earth. All right, like, oh like this thing opens like an an like it. It doesn't even look like an animated movie from the nineties. It looks like an animated movie no. from like the mid forties. And not, I'm not saying that's a criticism. It's just like it, it was like jarring for a second. And then there's like, you find out, oh, this is just a prologue, and there's actually a, a live action component to this thing. What is this? And then, what? The the little, the, the, the most shocking thing, which was spoiled for me because we watched the trailer for it, and I'm like, I didn't know that the little boy goes into the story and becomes a cat? <laughs> like, it's like the, the page master where it's like, oh my gosh, he's in a story, sort of. And then what happens? A lot. A lot, a lot <laughs> like, there's. I don't know where to begin because there are so many. Like, there are so many characters. Like, I I don't remember most of these characters. I, I don't even remember the little boy's name anymore. It's Ed, his name is Edmund. I'm probably gonna forget it by the end of the episode. Edmund. And <laughs> Ed, good old good old Edmund. I don't. Does he have a? I don't know if he has a last name. Who cares? <laughs> Edmund Mc Edmund Mc Good Boy. Um. <laughs> Like, then he puts on a Davy, this Davy Crockett outfit, you know, because the only clothes that he could like reasonably put on, I guess. Uh, it's the it, smallest thing that'll fit his body. It's like there's all these like weird, like all these farm animals that are just like they're just there, and I don't care. And like I'm supposed to care that their lives are in danger because of these silly owls. Which, okay, <laughs> like the main antagonist of this thing, like the setup, like you have Chanticleer, right? Chanticleer. He's a he's a rooster. 
This hunky, yes. hunky rooster, okay? This very, very, very hunky rooster. All right. Like, like 12 out of 10. 12 out of 10 hunky guy, all right? And he he's the guy that, like, you know, they're like, oh, he, he's the reason the sun comes up. And then, like, he, he he's, you know, he misses his time to do that for reasons. And everyone looks at him as a loser, as a phony. <laughs> like, what? The sun could come out without you? What? <laughs> Uh, but this is all part of uh, uh, was it the, the Grand Duke, the Great Duke, the Great, the gra- uh, I think just the Duke is fine. It's just Duke, Uncle Dukey, Uncle Dukey, Uncle Dukey. Uh, play voice by abomination. Voice by voice by the late great Christopher Plummer, which uh. like, like he's really like putting it a good performance here. Honestly, um, I, <laughs> like we have two iconic owls, but for very different reasons, v- completely different reasons. One is so much sillier than the other. Even though it's the villain. Yeah. <laughs> and like, at one point, I love when he just goes, I absolutely loathe rock and roll. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's a villain. Like, basically, his plan with the owls is to make, it, make sure it's always night. It's always night, yeah. Like... So they got to go to the big city. These farm animals uh, got to go to the big city to find Chanticleer. But it turns out Chanticleer is now Elvis. <laughs> He's they're like they're asking people, "Have you? Have, we're trying to find our friend Chanticleer. Have you seen him?" They're like, "Who, who the hell's Chanticleer? We don't know. We only know the king. We only know the king." And there's so many like neon signs like the king, the king. And he comes out and he's on a giant like record player with a bunch of uh, starfish. <laughs> or be- dudes dressed as starfish, and he's like, "I want a rock a doodle do with you. I'm gonna rock a doodle do with me." Yeah, like, like, like the Elvis parody things were like my favorite part of the whole movie, um, because it was the one part where I'm like, "Okay, I can connect with this. This is something I, I can <laughs> understand." It's a little known thing, but I, I enjoy the music of Elvis. Um, yeah, not gonna get into all that stuff because that's a whole can of worms unto itself, but. Because this movie just has a breakneck pace. You don't get you don't get really any moments to slow down. Like Richard, you were pointing this out during one of the songs. They have to do character development. They have to do like twice. Twice they do this where they're talking like, during Chanticleer's opening song. They and I forgot about this because I was listening to the opening song a couple of times, and they played through it. But in the, in the movie, you got um, Phil Harris playing Patu, yes, the the do- the the dog on the farm, whose biggest character trait is he can never tie his shoes. It's Phil Harris's last role, also by the way, before um, before he retired, uh, he's narrating about Chanticleer and the farm, and he's doing it while Chanticleer is singing. Granted, it's during points of the song where he's like repeating himself, right. <laughs> But even so, but it's so weird. And then like, was one of the craziest things was because like uh, Chanticleer gets in a relationship with Goldie, who is put up into put up into the relationship. But mm-hmm. you know she eventually does fall for him. But they literally tell us that. Yeah, it's very <laughs> clunky. Or even like Pat Two saying, "And this is what I came in," and then he shows up. <laughs> uh, it's. It is it is um, Blade Runner theatrical cut cherry level of uh, narration. I'll, yes, I'll, yeah, I I can't deny that. It's, I mean, at least Phil Harris sounds like he he wants to be there because <laughs> he's just trying to tie his doggone shoes. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know who Phil Harris uh, was, he he did it was a you know radio 
music, all comedy, all sorts of things. But most notably, especially for my case, uh, he voiced Baloo in The Jungle Book, in addition to other uh, voice acting roles, such as Little John in Robin Hood. Uh, I believe he was in Aristocats um, mm. as the main as the main guy. Uh, Tom was it Thomas O'Malley cat or whatever? I think so. Yeah, you think so? It's been a while since I've seen Aristocats. I for the last time I watched it was probably last time I watched uh, Rockadoodle. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody wants to be a rooster. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah, yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> could you could you imagine if that was the double feature pairing? <laughs> Aristodoodle. <laughs> we we'd have to deal with like the 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 uh, the racism that happens in the middle of. Um, uh, <laughs> of everybody wants to be a cat that's so um, like awkwardly cut when you listen to it on Spotify, you're like, hold up, oh, so, wait a second. This so is where speaking... this is where they do the Asian stereotype part of the song. Where is it? The the speaking speaking of racist connections to Disney. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of racist connections to Disney, um, there was one thing we were saying a lot while watching it was that they should just retheme Splash Mountain to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Because, like, listen, it's Splash Mountain because it's based off of that Tom Hanks movie with uh, Daryl Hannah, and is that is that even a Disney movie? Let's listen. I mean, it's on Disney Plus, but they covered up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just rock a doodle theme <laughs> on Splash Mountain instead of, uh, instead of Princess and the Frog. The, the music would slap still, I think. It's just, I'm gonna rock a doodle do with you. Like, that would, that be, would be down. That'd be really, um, that'd be really cool, actually. But, yeah, this movie, <laughs> like, I found it wild. And I, even though like my letterbox score is like two out of five, I don't hate this movie. It's just nah. it's just a strange beast that like critically speaking, I'm like this just doesn't this like this does not work. Whatever they thought they had, <laughs> like it just like it's so short. And I don't like like Secret of Nim is a short movie too. But like you're able to there's moments where characters are able to like sit down and have a conversation. Or sit you don't get that, or have like, or one. like, you are able to understand relationships with like a glance or whatever. This movie has to explain everything, and this is a movie where where, <laughs> where it's like, okay, we have this rooster who's Elvis. There's so much they have to explain, and he faces off against the Duke who's got this magic breath, and then his psych like psychotic nephew, <laughs> Hunch, Uncle Dookie, Uncle Dookie. <laughs> Abomination! No! Altercation! <laughs> it's, it's, it's like all these things, and I'm like, oh my god. He's the best character, probably. <laughs> the little nephew with his aviation hat. <laughs> uh, my favorite character, I think, was Pinky. Uh, who was uh, like, the fox. The fox yeah. manager is like, I'm ruined! <laughs> <laughs> oh my baby, my baby! <laughs> Why don't you get that rooster? Oh my god! It's like that he's always playing golf. Yes, <laughs> like like every every single it seems like every single one of these characters have like a specific character trait. Yeah, like Patu can't tie his shoes. Pinky's just always playing golf. 
Um, Edmund is a cat. <laughs> I, and I forgot his name again. I wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> there's that That's one bird. Specified. There's the one bird that loves lasagna. Who's like just oh um ba- uh Mad Dark ba- ba- is that isn't that Mad isn't Mad Dark the, the the villain or like the enemy of Dexter and Dexter's yes, Laboratory? Lo- it makes me think of Dexter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the same. It's the lab, same. Yeah. Uh, it's the same voice actor. I think. Okay. Yeah. At least that's my son, because it sounds exactly the same. Right. Um, it's like, oh, we're trapped. We're trapped. <laughs> so we got a, gla- a mouse with, with, like, glasses, you know. That is just really sassy and mean yes. <laughs> the whole time. Uh, there's... Don't be such a fuady cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's I'm not, not a fuad. There's not a lot of, like, nice people in this story. I mean, you got Patu. Patu's pretty chill. I, I think Patu's the closest, but we don't get to really know pa- what drives Patu. No. We just know he can't tie his shoes. But you but you know what? He at the end of the movie, I'm glad he was able to figure it out. No, me too. Me too, honestly. It's yeah. a nice little That was like, my fa- that, that was my favorite arc in the whole story. Oh yeah. <laughs> that he, for sure. <laughs> like he starts off he can't do it. He he gets in some weird predicaments because of it. Um Edmund tries to show him once and he's like, "Okay, and then finally, at the end of the movie, he does it. Like that's the nicest thing that happens. I think about the end of the movie, where uh, not the end of the movie, the poster where Chanticleer is holding Edmund. Right, that's his name again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. His okay. name is Edmund. <laughs> See, I, I, I almost lost it there. Edmund. His name. <laughs> it's gonna be like that bit in in Fight Club. His name is Edmund. His name is Edmund. No, but like his name hold, is Edmund. Holding uh, Chanticleer, holding Edmund, and it's like, what, what? What kind of BS is this? They talk once. <laughs> like this is this is some this is some nonsense. And here was my other take. Obviously, the movie I'm about to mention came out after this movie. Okay, so before anybody like starts attacking me for it. Yes. This this movie is the Lion King, but Simba is Elvis. <laughs> could, but could you imagine like Matthew Broderick just doing an Elvis voice? <laughs> like Murderer! <laughs> no, but like you murdered my father. Now I'm just no, but like it makes it because it's like okay, you have these two like regal figures, and they, without them, shit falls apart, <laughs> and they're doing these oh, irresponsible yeah. things. Yeah, it's it's the like the the plots are very similar, but I'm also picturing the end of Lion King, Simba. You got that great music. Uh, you know the Hans Zimmer music, and he's yes. like walking up, and it's raining, and it's very, it's very emotional. He looks up, and you hear "Remember," and then he just looks down, and he's getting ready to roar, but instead of like the roar, it just goes "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> just the hip hop, just "Oh, damn." <laughs> And I just imagine, I just can't wait, I just can't wait, I just can't wait to be king. Ow! It's just like something like <laughs> he just pulls out a cape, <laughs> a white sequin cape. You feel the love tonight. And the thing is, like they like with with Rockadoodle, they do not shy away from the Elvis comparison at all. Not at like, all. Like, like he like even to the point where he he dyes his hair black. He's got a big old pompadour. The sideburns. The sideburns. He wears the cape. He wears the sequin white jumpsuit. The king. The king. He has the southern draw. Like there's no question that there's like 
like you could watch like if you watch this and you just go who's he and you ask who does he remind you of you've never heard of elvis and that's odd to me i think you you said this in your review like this is a very like adhd like family film this thing is all over the place yeah i'm a kid with adhd and uh i i this is one of those movies that i watched not all the time but i watched it periodically uh-huh. and like i loved the music because like it was this oddly enough because like everyone talks about like all dogs go to heaven or anastasia or like some of the more popular don bluth movies and then here i am watching frequently this and pebble and the penguin <laughs> 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 and just like i would i would go like uh i would sing the songs all the time like i'm on rock doo with you and uh just you don't realize like because this is the first time i've watched this probably since i was little oh my god and i get it (laughs) like yeah like it's it's moving at such a ridiculous pace none of the characters really matter like it like I don't know what the movie's trying to rely on or what what the point is, but yeah, there it is. Right. Um, and like, it gets weirdly epic towards the end. Like they try, like like when when uh, the Duke turns into a giant tornado. Oh my god! And then and Ed- then Rockadoodle Edmund's becomes, dead. Edmund's dead. <laughs> Rockadoodle becomes like it's like a it's like when Popeye eats the spinach and he's ready to punch like Bluto. It's like <laughs> Popeye music. Da 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 da. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like the Popeye theme, but like Shanta. I'm Shanta I'm Shanta I'm strongs to the finish, cause I crows in the morning. I'm Shanta Claire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this half is mostly just laughing and El- bad Elvis impressions. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, thank you. He even does that whole like the thank you, thank you very much. Yes. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. This movie did not do well at the box office, but it did better than, like, there's, like, other movies that I would almost consider movies that I know better than this one. Like, was like it what? A Troll in Central Park. I did, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know that one. I know of that one better than I do this one, yet it didn't even gross, it didn't even gross $100,000 in its release, and it was a real movie, supposedly. <laughs> Ugh. This is this movie, man. This trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But you know what, though, like, okay, I want to talk about the ending real quick because I mean, we we briefly mentioned it, but like, there's there's a there's a very Wizard of Oz way that the ending happens. Yes, because what we learn is that Edmund. Because like, cause like the whole setup, we don't, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the whole thing is that um, we learn that the, all these farm animals are part of a storybook that Edmund's mom reads to him. Yes. And there's a big storm that happens and it like tears down like bits of the farm. And so it's pretty wild. And Edmund, uh, I guess, gets knocked out maybe mm-hmm. from it. And so he ends up going into this like sleep and... So the whole movie is what we're learning potentially is is Edmund in some sort of fever dream. And normally I would say like okay that's like the Wizard of Oz it's like a cop out sort of feels like, you know, like you know, 
such an extraordinary adventure was all just a dream. It kind of sucks whenever they do that as endings. Right. I will say, though, in this instance, given how much happens and how what it's like does it does it feel like a weird dream that you had like do you feel like this movie's even real <laughs> yeah yeah like <laughs> like it, it it's almost like i get it like this is like one of the few times with that ending i'm like yeah no yeah I, honestly I, like, the ending like, was one of the best parts i thought honestly like just trying to explain like yeah there was a like i think elvis was there but he was a rooster mm-hmm. <laughs> And there was, like, an owl that was, like, well, he was, like, shooting, like, stars and planets at me from his mouth. Oh my God. Well, and wait. a dog couldn't tie his shoes. Like. <laughs> I love the song that, that they were, the owls were singing as they were getting ready to eat the farm animals. <laughs> Ba-la-la-la-la-la, how sweet. Ba-la-la-la-la-la, let's eat. It was amazing. Amazing. Pass the pork. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I think with these two movies, um, we can ascertain that that uh, I'm grateful that Don Bluth, um, Don Bluth made exists movies. exists. He's still working yeah. on things now, which is pretty incredible. Um, uh, but like, he's got that deal with Netflix, doesn't he? Or something. He's got some type. Yeah. I'm sure he's got some type of deal going on. But like, you think about like the movies that he made, and like, I'm not saying all of them are like, oh, not all of them left like you know, an impact or whatever, but they left some of these movies left an impact on somebody. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like with rocket, you know, rock a doodle, but I think, yeah. about, I think for a period of time where you had something like secret of Nim or uh land before time, all dogs go to heaven, Anastasia, where somebody was like, hold up, hold up, Disney. We're not, the, you're, you're not the only game in town. You know? Yeah. I, I think I said this to you where I make the comparison, like Disney is rated E like in the video game system, like, like you know, ratings system. Mm. And then Don Bluth is like E10. There's a little there's a bit more of an edge to his stuff. But, you know, stuff I would still show a kid, honestly. I think about S- Secret of Game, yeah. and I'm like, I think that's a good, that's a good movie to show a kid that, like, the world, the world is a scary place, but things can end up okay. And I would probably show my kid Rocket Dude, it'll be like, I grew up with this. <laughs> and they'd be like, Daddy, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, well, the kid would probably have ADHD. Let's be honest; <laughs> it's probably hereditary in my family. Um, um, but no, it's like I think what I appreciate the most about Don Bluth, especially just watching these both these movies. You know, obviously quality, you know, is, you know, depends on who you are. But there's no there's no question that Don Bluth. Because, like, his whole shtick, from what I remember with Disney, is that Disney kind of held him back a little bit, I imagine. Yeah. Like, he wanted to do all these different things, and Disney was like, well... And that's and that's not to say that, you know, it's the worst thing. Like, so obviously, Disney is Disney because, you know, of everything they've done. And they've, they've taken some risks, but they never really go for it you know what i mean yeah so like they want to they want to be able to stay within their brand and so it's nice when periodically that's probably why i appreciate pixar more these days because i think pixar especially with its last couple of movies has been really stretching the boundaries a little bit oh i absolutely types of stories that they could tell i absolutely agree and you know and that's not this again that's not a dig at disney i think disney i still love like i loved encanto and i loved Ride of the Last Dragon, and I'm excited for whatever comes next, but that's still very much within their brand. It's still, like, 
in that lane, whereas Don Bluth really wanted to explore and, and, and try new things and different things. And risk might not reap reward at every turn, but it's still worth trying. Yes, risks are, are they're worth they're worth taking. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we're 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 clearly trying to tell people more and more these days too. Like with so many different movies that are coming out that just are trying to harken back to one thing, or they're trying to be this or that, and it's like you're just it, it doesn't feel like you're trying something. Mm-hmm. And it's not like take a risk for the sake of taking risks. It's like take a risk on something that could be something beloved years later. Like just just try something new. And like in this case, you know, you look at Nim and you look at Rockadoodle. These are two like two movies that threw everything they could um, and tried so many different things for so many different reasons um, and mixed genres. And and like when you, it like. At one point in the notes you you wrote down, like, they're hard to explain, but that's kind of what's fun about it. Yes. You know, like, like you're sitting there, like, like there's there's a rooster, and he sings like Elvis. Okay, that's interesting. And at one point, there's, like, a Dracula owl-looking dude that shoots magic out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, okay. And there's a kid. <laughs> the battle... Or, like... The battle toad show up. <laughs> We didn't talk about that. <laughs> Battle Toad show up and they have a song. <laughs> yes. It's just this, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> um, or like like there's there's a mouse who's a single mother and uh, there's like there's like a destiny she has that she doesn't know about. But all and all of this is happening on a farm and there was like science experiments and you're like, Huh? Yes. It's and you don't like it's kind of what a like it makes me appreciate like when I was really into Doctor Who at one point because that is one of those shows that you appreciate when you're watching, but if you try to explain it to someone, they just look like so confused. Right. <laughs> but again, not, and that's not to say Doctor Who has, doesn't have its own like regulations. I'm sure stick to certain things, but again, like the point is, it's nice when when things try something, regardless of what the outcome is, because you might be you know you might get you know great success out of it because like yeah maybe don Bl- not every movie don bluth has made is great but we remember him yeah it's like ed wood it's like ed wood <laughs> you know not, that's not to say that ed wood and don bluth are like the same guy but it's in that it's in that ballpark you know what i mean yeah like we, we we're still talking about him you know and the these like like it's nice when something doesn't just fit nicely into a specific category Yes, I agree. You know, I agree hundred percent. Um, and that that's what's great about these. Like, like they mash genre. Um, one of them is just a fever dream, like completely. But I'm like, I remember it. Yeah, you'll never listen. You'll never forget. I will never forget Rockadoodle as long as I live. It's been eighty (laughs) four years. (laughs) Next time you drive past a farm, I expect you to be like, (laughs) Cockadoo. Cockadoo, what a day! If, if that movie was in the public domain, oh my god, we would be using so... all the clips. <laughs> oh my god, I want the whole song in there. <laughs> Just... Uh, but but yeah, you appreciate Don Bluth so much for everything, regardless of quality. It's just he did stuff tried... that no oh, one else we, was we doing. Even was a... I don't think we even think we mentioned American Tale. No. No, we did not, surprisingly enough. And that's definitely one of the ones that people remember. <clears throat> I mean, that's probably one of the bit. That's probably the most pronounced, like most popular one that I'm familiar with. 
that I watched when I was younger. And I watched, he didn't do the sequel, but he was involved in it. But I did watch the sequel a lot, too. It was a Western. Go, goes West, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, folks, what's your favorite Don Bluth movie? Um, what's your favorite, like, non-Disney animated movie? Um, or even, like, separate studio that does animation still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all all those things. Folks, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We each have letterbox. Um we our next episode is going to come up uh in two weeks you know we used to do a weekly thing doing every other week at the moment um in case you're new to this uh whole road but show. it what we should mention this though because this is incredibly exciting in two weeks we got a big one yes yes because um it'll it'll uh in two weeks it'll been two years since we started this show that's right <laughs> and we're at listen we we we're on episode eighty five. We've done YouTube videos. We've uh, done all types of different weird stuff. We we've done radio dramas. We've sang songs. We've done so many weird things on the show, and I I don't regret a single moment. Same here. Same here. It's so uh, come celebrate with us in two weeks for our two year anniversary episode. It'll be incredibly exciting. Um, I, 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 it might just be a regular episode, but it'll be special to us. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes, one double feature. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Hopefully I find this damn spider. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned in two weeks for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Have me the villain in this here story of Rockadoodle and Chanticleer. <laughs>